Welcome. To Arcade Audio. Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest, laughing back and forth at what the other has to say. Reminiscing this and that and having such a good time. Oodle lolly, oodle lolly, golly, what a day. Thinking there was danger in the water, they were drinking, they just guzzled it down. Never dreaming that a scheming sheriff and his posse was watching them and gathering around. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Married with Movies. I'm one of your hosts, Samantha Mullet. Sitting next to me on the couch is your other host, my beautiful husband, Chris Mullet. Thanks, one take, Samantha. Don't call her the best in the business. Oh, sorry, I was saying don't call you the best in the business. Because you're not. Chug. Chug. <laughs> how many episodes have started with me forcing you to chug water? Could be worse. Make you chug, like, alcohol or Can make like battery me, acid. Let, let's get this straight. You can't chug to save your life. You couldn't make me do anything, as evidenced by the last 15 years. And you wouldn't even know what to do with battery acid. It's been 14 years. Don't add time to my sentence. Please, as my sister said recently, as and as Bobby Heenan used to say, we've been together fourteen years. If I'd killed you the day we met, I'd be out by now. Be much easier. April seventh, twenty twenty one is the date. If you're new here, we hate each other's guts. Welcome. This is tame in comparison from the previous three hundred and thirty seven episodes. We're married. We talk about our lives. We talk about the movies that we've watched. We have a fun time. I'm sure if you are a regular we, listener, mm-hmm. you, are con- you are confused uh, oh, in that. As to why this is here. As to why this is here, because we, we've meticulously been scheduling out our episodes and whatnot. We're scheduled through the end of the year, by the way. Uh, roughly. Yeah. Roughly. Um, I, I, well, I've had to redo it, and it, it still yeah. may have some changes. But uh, we were going to have a guest join us for uh, my nominated movie, Hereditary. And it was over the course of last weekend, which was a pretty busy weekend for us. It was Easter weekend. You worked. We had a lot of errands to run. We had a lot of activities, um, a lot of changes. Me, like, in the beginning processes of wrapping up the job that I was doing. Um, And did we have something else going on? What else do we have going on? I feel like I'm missing something. Didn't we do something else? I don't know. Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, Jillian had Dan's class stuff. You had to take her back and forth. Yeah, uh, but didn't we do something else? Huh? Didn't we like go somewhere or do something what? or? No. No, I don't know. Did we? I I honestly don't know. It was like a week I, ago, oh, my and I have here. no idea. My agenda's right here. Get oh, your no. agenda, because now I'm actually worried. Oh no. Uh, okay. so. There, we were just like weren't in the mood for to watch yeah. that heavy of a movie, so uh, we pivoted and we told Jillian we, we went wanted to Claremont. That wasn't anything. We went to Fazoli's. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well that was like on the weekend. I was talking. We had something like Thursday or Friday, I thought, um, but I don't think we did. No. Uh, it was a very very okay. important 
weekend, uh, Fazoli's opened in Claremont, uh, which is like my favorite, like, one, one of my favorite like Italian. fast foodish places. It's an Italian place. If you've never been there. Best breadsticks, lived up to the hype, love were, it. It was really good, and everybody was so nice. So we had, so we had told Jillian that we were going to watch a movie, but you know, for Easter we had her Easter egg hunt. We played outside for a couple hours. Uh, we did. We played with all of her toys. She made cookies. Like we had a lot going on. A lot. So um, to fit in the movie, I was like, "Well, why don't we do our classic? We pick out a handful of movies. Jillian gets to go back and forth, and it leads to one movie. We did it. Uh, I want to say like a year and a half ago when we watched the Peanuts movie. Mm-hmm. So we did it here again, which is why today's episode is Disney's Robin Hood. We gave her the choice of eight movies." And this ultimately is what won out was Disney's Robin Hood, a movie that uh, she had started to watch uh, a long time ago with me, and she just couldn't get into it. Now she was old enough to appreciate, so that's what we did. So that's what we're doing today. Next week, we'll get back to our regularly scheduled programming with Hereditary, the next Men Dark Phoenix, and then Miracle, and then we kind of settle into a regular rotation until things get a little crazy uh, over the summer. But, um, yeah kind of outlined everything we've done lately that was a little nutty. Uh, I have watched three movies since we've last recorded. Um, oh, my gosh. Because I really did not give a fuck about my job as it uh, ended today from when I'm recording this, and I'll be starting a new one on Monday. And I'm very, very happy. Of course, we're recording this the day before it, it goes live. So I watched three very, very, very different movies. Uh, the first movie I watched, I'll do these in order from when I watched them, um, was the film Bad Trip on Netflix. I went down a incredibly random Eric Andre rabbit hole uh, through YouTube. I was never an Eric Andre show watcher or fan. I believe it's still on the air, even though Hannibal Burst is not on it anymore. And, you know, had heard some buzz about this movie. It was supposed to come out last year and finally just went live on the pandemic, uh, on Netflix, uh, past the pandemic. I'm a big fan of like this style of movie. So mm-hmm. it's very much in the vein of the Jackass movies and the, and Borat cool. of, you know, hidden camera, unsuspecting people set up scene prank mm-hmm. movies, uh, with Eric Andre and Laurel Howery as the like, two main characters. Great. And mm-hmm. Tiffany Haddish is like the villain and I loved it. I laughed out loud probably harder at like three or four parts in this movie than I have in a very, very long time in a movie. Really? Yes. Um, I think you would like it. It does get a little crazy and out there at points, but I think it is your kind of thing because you very much love like people reacting to these insane situations. I, I do. And like, like them being their true selves in these moments. So I definitely want, I would love to rewatch this movie with you. So I watched that first. Then I finished watching. I'd caught about the first ten minutes of it when I was uh, helping out the the Reals a few weeks ago in a uh, quick overnight emergency. I watched the movie Possessor, which I've been trying to watch for months now. Mm-hmm. Came out last year and uh, attracted a lot of buzz. Not award buzz necessarily but kind of like independent film and like film scholar buzz because it was the debut feature of David David Cronenberg's son, Brandon. David Cronenberg, of course, did a very uh, 
famous filmmaker. He did The Fly. He did History of Violence. He did Videochrome. And I'm a big, big fan of his. Um, you've heard nothing about this movie, right? Absolutely nothing about it? Mm-mm. Okay, maybe Mm-mm. you've seen like the DVD in Walmart, possibly. Mm-hmm. But it essentially it is a movie about an, an alternate uh, world. I believe it's like 2008, 2010, mm-hmm. where there's a company that people can hire mm-hmm. to... Uh, it's a little looperish in that you can hire this company to have an assassin take over the body of somebody uh, to kill them. So like, of course. so like, so like you would yes. hire, you would hire this company to impersonate who is somebody we mutually know, uh, mm-hmm. uh, rich and rich would come and murder me. Yes. Um, and then, and then rich would kill himself. Um, and then that's kind of how it goes. So it's about one of those assassins on one of those jobs. Uh, very much in the Cronenberg but style. Why I just kill you myself? Because it, because then people will know that you did it. And it, it, like it's directly traced to you. Um, but, I, but can't they? So isn't it just like any other time? Like couldn't they trace that I hired this? You could, but it, it's a little bit easier. They didn't really get into the Musha. It's more so about the assassin oh. uh, herself and her struggling with her humanity and reality on you know a pretty high profile case. Very much in the Cronenberg style, a lot of extreme gore. And, uh, you know, kind of peak because you can't help but look like violence and whatnot. Wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of it, unfortunately. I yeah, thought, it doesn't sound like it's something that I'd like. Oh, no, you would absolutely hate this movie. Um, was disappointed by it in that I felt it was taking some big swings and not necessarily making contact. It was like uh, it was like a plate appearance where the batter just keeps hitting fly balls. <laughs> it takes like 20 minutes to strike out. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely like some of the performances, and I think it was aesthetically pleasing in terms of what it was, but had a lot of problems with its message and its tone overall. So, uh, But I'm excited to see what happens with that filmmaker in the future. And then finally, uh, I watched a movie that didn't, check any of the boxes of my Oscar criteria. So I still have The Father, Minari, and The United States versus Billie Holiday to finish. We have to watch Billie Holiday next week. Um, and I oh may, God. tomorrow, when I'm off, I may plunk down the $20 to watch The Father. Oh, okay. I know you want to see Minari. I do want to see I really want to see Minari, but I'll wait for you, and I'll fucking sit here and watch The Father by myself and be, be sad. Um... I mean, do you want me to watch that one with you? No, 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 it's fine. Uh, I'd rather go to a theater and pay like $9 instead of $20 at home. I don't know. I probably won't. I'll probably just do it here. Um, A movie that I was anticipating having to watch, thinking it was going to get nominated for Best Picture or Best Actor or Best Supporting Actress or Best Director, and I got none of them. I watched News of the World. Oh, yeah. Because uh, I knew you didn't necessarily want to see no, it. No, but did, did we get those five points for the movie league? Oh, the movie league is over. <laughs> I forgot we had that. Fuck, that's how out of sight, out of mind it is. Uh, Paul Greengrass, who famously did the Bourne movies, or the, the, the good Bourne movies, and uh, United 93, Forrest Tom Hanks. Uh, it's a, like a Western. I dug it. it yeah? It wasn't anything spectacular. I'm glad it didn't get nominated for a lot of things. Tom Hanks is always great. Always. And I think uh, once I watch all the best, I still have, you know, 
two of the five best actor nominees to watch. Um, I, I always want to see him get nominated for things. Uh, the little girl was good, but she definitely did not deserve a best supporting actress nomination, like people were, were saying. Um, it was good. I mean, it, it had a lot of tension. It had a lot of hearts. It's not a movie I would like buy or watch ever again. But I can say that, like, yeah, I watched News of the World, and you know, it was fine. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, was able to check that one off uh, my short list of 2020 uh, award season movies. Okay. Um, have you been catching... I mean, you've been very busy, so I don't think you've watched a goddamn thing. No. Yeah. No, I haven't. But you have watched Disney's Robin Hood. I have watched Disney's Robin Hood. That's about it. But I, I am planning on hopefully... That was a cutest segue into talking about the movie. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> whatever you say, I don't want to build up in people's anticipations. Like, oh, Samantha's going to watch this and that and the other thing? You ain't going to watch shit. You're very busy. And you hardly get a break at work, so. Whereas me... Yeah, I, I had to eat my lunch... In my office today. Yeah. And I, customer came in for a notary. He's like, I'm so sorry I didn't repeat lunch. I said, don't worry. It's not. I shouldn't be eating my office anyway. He's like, it smells good. I'm like, it was good. Thanks so much. You're welcome for the dinner I cooked for yeah, you. Yeah, thank you, you so much. For lunch, yes. Thank you. It was delicious with my yum yum sauce. I didn't make the yum yum sauce. I'm glad you pointed out the one thing I didn't create that you were eating. Appreciate it. Disney's Robin Disney's Hood. Disney's Robin Hood. It actually only says Disney. Which is interesting. Well, I, and it so is just... Disney's I specifically Robin put it because I don't know if we have... I don't think we have any of the other, like, Robin Hoods. I think we, we don't have, have Ro Robin Hood Men in Tights. Yeah, but it would say Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, or I would, or we have Robin Hood Prince of Thieves. But I just put Disney Robin Hood just in case. So I told my mom, like, three times that we watch this movie. And mm -hmm. every time I say, yeah, and we watched Robin Hood. And my mom's like, Men in Tights? And I'm like, yes, Mom, we watched Robin Hood Men in Tights with Jillian. And she's four. It's exactly what we've done. There's worse Mel Brooks movies we could watch. I know, but that's one of my mom's favorite movies, of course. So. Of course it is. Well, she's a big Mel Brooks fan. And uh -huh. that's Conner. not the Mel, Brock, Mel Brooks movie to trumpet. Disney Robin Hood. <clears throat> I'm going to make you count me off for an S. Bring your family together with a beloved Disney classic. To commemorate its 40th anniversary... Disney proudly presents the unforgettable animated classic Robin Hood on Blu-ray for the first time ever. Why do I it's the Disney get ones. These? The Disney ones. Experience all the fun, thrills, and celebrated music of this legendary adventure with perfect picture and sound. Like what what if it wasn't? Join Robin Hood, his trusted companion Little John, and his hilarious band of merry men as they outfox greedy Prince John to save the good people of Nottingham. Dashing from one daring deed to the next, Robin won't last. Damn. Robin won't rest <laughs> until he wins the hand of Maid Marian and restores King Richard to the throne. One of Disney's most beloved movies is even better on Blu-ray combo pack. It's one. Why would you have to? You have to spice up not Nottingham. Nottingham. You could just said Nottingham. I can't really say Nottingham. It like I don't know. It just doesn't sound. So, right. but you couldn't say uh, rest. No, I I said last instead of rest. I was like yeah. forming the sentence in my head rather mm -hmm. than reading what was on there. Right. So I'm back up three. For with now. Twelve episodes to go. For now. For now, in our reading challenge. So. Make no bones about it. I absolutely love this movie. It's one of my favorite Disney animated movies. 
I've, I've always, and you have as well, had an appreciation for the underappreciated classics. Like, I will watch this movie a hundred times before I rewatch Snow White or Cinderella or, like, those type of movies. Because the, it just attra- it just appeals to me more. You have one of the best voice-acted, voice-acting cast mm-hmm. of all time. You have different, unique, and fun music. You have a more relatable, not relatable, but a more entertaining story um yet it's like no disney animated movie is like a cult favorite you know what i mean like these are still right like you know merchandising juggernauts and still been seen by millions of people and right, still you can hits. still go into like box lunch and find robin hood stuff exactly like, that's exactly the kind of point i was trying to yeah, put across yeah. right like you could like it's not like i go into a store and it's like aha yes excuse me do you have any uh, I'm trying to think of a fucking example. Do you have any uh, fucking the faculty shirts? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like a cult movie. You know what I mean? This like there's there's things off of, but it's not part of the pantheon. In fact, I think a lot of people. Uh, I was shocked to see you know the kind of the inverse. I thought that this was kind of refer- like thought of as a flop of its time because this came in like the Disney dark period basically of like the 70s. Um, but it, like everybody loved it and revered it. Whereas it was, it, it did well at the box office. It was a success. But it's like 54% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's had this weird turn where I think people of our generation like it because it was it was released on VHS when we were kids. I think it might have been like re-released as well by that point. Um, but people bef- like older people or younger people, it's just not for. And critics rip it apart because it's basically a recycled movie. They took leftover animation from, from Snow White, Snow White from... and Fox and the Hounds sure. and other things, and they sure. just pieced together a Robin Hood story. Sure. And. I don't view that as like, oh, it's an inferior movie or it's not well, worth a damn. I think like that's pretty fucking resourceful that you can take scraps and make yeah. this wonderful film. Uh, yes, but you know, to to play the devil's advocate, I guess. Sure, you know, please. I'm always doing it, so you do it. <laughs> so I think, and I think that we've talked about this before when we've done, you know, the Renaissance. Disney era mm-hmm. on this show and how and I think especially when we did the rescuers sure we Run talked about this yep. we talked about how it didn't feel authentically like a Disney movie specifically the rescuers you know like it just the story the lighting in the movie the music like it didn't feel how sure. when you think of a Disney movie, like you think of The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, yeah. Aladdin. So you think of that generation. And so they I feel think more... a lot of people yeah. feel like Robin Hood is a step under those. Mm-hmm. Because it's not, maybe because it's not human characters mainly. Or it just, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't think the anthropomorphic thing is it. I think you're on the right track. I think what you're trying to search for, if I can try to guess, is that it, it's, less, it's less polished and it's, it's, less, it's less glossy. It's less produced as like 
Disney. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, but, it doesn't get across those aims and ideals. It'll, yes, it, and I think... It's a little outside the box. It is, and I think part of it is also because the, the romance is secondary in the story. The, like, the romance between Robin Hood and Mary yeah, is there. It's the worst part of the movie. And it's secondary to everything else mm-hmm. that's in the movie. And I think that's also part of it because you could say that this was aimed for for boys. Sure, Robin Hood is, is very much a boys story. It's a story. boys yeah. story, boys movie versus the renaissance and the pinnacle of Disney are, for all intents and purposes, aimed towards capturing young girls. You know, it's funny you mentioned you, like the love story part of it because I believe from my research, one of the like legacy pieces of it that has been mentioned as a dislike for people is like the like I saw something about like the over sexualization of the characters and that like Robin Hood and Maid Marian are both so revered for their their beauty and their outward, you know, attractiveness. Where, you know, they're both great people on the inside, and you right. see that in the movie. Right, right, right. But, like, for whatever reason, that's, like, a focus and, like, a negative about it. Sure. And I'm like, I don't get I that mean, they're foxes, at all. they're foxes, though, but they're foxes. Right, like, they're fucking foxes. So, like, I don't... Like, legit. Get it. Foxes. No, um... <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, but I, I think that's really what it is. I don't think Disney found their rhythm for targeting boys for movies until they hit... The Lion King, which, very similar to this, you know, animals as your characters, secondary love story, right? Very, very similar in terms of storyline, setup, and everything like that. So why do you think Lion King is so revered and often comes out as people's favorite Disney movies versus this? Because they are very similar. I think pedigree is part of it. I I think time, like... Like Honestly, the 70s versus the I think 90s. the world is such a bigger part of film legacies. Like, remember when we were watching that CNN like film documentary where it was going like each decade and like like comparing the movies that were coming out to like what was happening in the world. And the 90s were such a like a carefree surplus fueled technology mm-hmm. booming moment that a movie that has computer generated animation like Beauty and the Beast or a movie that has like such amazing groundbreaking animation like The Lion King are obviously going to be remembered more because of they check off so many more boxes to be memorable than in that than Robin Hood which that. has great voice acting it has great music it has a a story that everyone knows but it's not doing anything different or new you know I mean they're foxes so the other part, so I, I was trying to remember like the exact point I was trying to make about like the sex appeal of the characters on top of the recycled animation. This is a fan favorite of so many people. Uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker from South Park have specifically notated Robin Hood as like one of their favorites and something that they kind of look to on those like the boys being boys episodes of South Park when they're not trying to like make fun of people or like tackle the news is like is we just want an episode where like Cartman TP's a house or something you know and the fallout from it like like kind of like the merry men like the ways of Robin Hood mm. have influenced them uh, same thing with the guy that did Zootopia and also apparently this movie is like one of the many inspirations for 
the furry movement. Like, I did not know that, like... Because they're so sexy. Because of how fucking foxy these foxes are. That it just kind of struck me when I was seeing this. I was like, really? Like, I, I'm so oblivious. I'm just like, I oda lolly, oda lolly, golly, what a day. Golly, <laughs> like, what a day. I remember this movie also has fond memories for me. So I watched it, I want to say as a kid. Like, honestly... So I think I know yours, but, like, your top five Disney movies that you watched as a kid. I'm not saying, like, favorite, but, like, the ones you watched the most were The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, uh, what else? Would, like, probably round out the top five. Like, those are definitely one and two, but Lion King would probably be there. Aladdin would be there. Like Lion like, King, Aladdin, and probably Alice in Wonderland, actually. Okay. So, like, for me... Well, because I'm really into Lewis Carroll and the yeah, dog walking Yeah, like, in for me, it would... I think that probably It would be, be Aladdin, Lion King, this, The Great Mouse Detective, and I don't know what the fifth one would I be. I don't watch any of that shit. But, see, like, I did, and, no. I, and I don't know... I, I, being a boy, obviously, right. was probably part of I it. I think that's influenced by it, and I, I think that's a big... I think that was a big problem that, like, yes, there... The, if you ask somebody, name a Disney movie, right? Their first guess is going to be The Great Mouse Detective, yeah. right? It's not going to, it's unfortunately not going to be Robin Hood. Yeah. It's going to be those five movies that really turned Disney around, which is great. Or, or the classic classics. Or, or Snow White, Or Cinderella, Bambi, Snow White, yeah, Cinderella, yeah, Pinocchio. of course. So, or even more modern now, Frozen, right, Moana. Right, right. But, but, but then let's talk about that, right? A movie that was geared... Because Disney is still high percentage geared towards girls. A nowadays, yes. thousand percent. Well, yes, I nowadays. mean, it went through Lion King and Aladdin, and then what else was geared towards boys? Really? Hercules. Uh, you could argue that that's why they got Marvel and Star Wars, is to counteract their animation. And division. Pixar. Yeah. Pixar's yeah. more Pixar's more. Pixar's level. everybody. Pixar's, a, Pixar's families. Family. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so I... I don't know if that has something to do with it because, but like Moana, is, is a fantastic Disney movie, mm-hmm. and it often ranks up there in people's like favorites mm-hmm. now, right? But it's, I mean, I think anytime you have a female protagonist, it's hard for boys to relate, right? Well, they always try to counteract with you know, Maui right, or right. Olaf. Olaf's a bad example, but you know what I mean, like right, I that do, sidekick, you know, I to do, bring but, everybody in. Right, it's the reason why every fucking movie now has like a baby something. Uh, I say this the day that the Ghostbusters Afterlife little snippet got released. I was proud that I was the second person to check on Rich Campbellucci when that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get there on, on another time and another day. Uh, yeah, this is all good analysis and good thought. It doesn't change the fact that, you know, throughout this podcast, we've gone through a lot of different uh, things from our childhood that have not held up. And this 100% does. I remember we specifically during college one night... Uh, when we were still living in the cockpit, like had it was like us and Rich and, and Augie and a couple others were like, let's just fucking like like watch Robin Hood. I don't think we were drinking or like doing That's whatever. A shock. Like we were just like let's just watch Robin Hood and like see if it holds up. And it fucking did, and it was great. And it, it was it was kind of reassuring to me. It was like oh yeah, like I'm not alone in that this movie being awesome because there's no fucking rides. There's, you know, like we talked about, in, in the past ten or fifteen years, Disney has really upped its nostalgia, like couture, if you will, and that like you could walk into a Hot Topic, a box lunch, their own stores, and find 
niche merchandise for pretty much any movie that you might want because nostalgia is the all the rage. But like back then, like even like in 2008, 2009, like that shit wasn't really around, you know? And if you did get it, it was so rare that you of course had to gobble and, and snap it up. Um, it warmed my heart to see like how much Jillian, Jillian liked it. Jillian dug it. And because it is so odd, like it starts out, and she, she even asked, like, it starts out like an old school movie of, like, you get the credits first. She's like, is, is it, it over? over? Yeah, she was like, It's like, no, it's not, because you got, you got Alan Adale, the rooster. Yeah, okay, but let me see. Let me just say something. What? Please. I was like, on my notes, my first notes were okay. Let's see how this has aged. Like, let's see how this has held up, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, so far, so not so good with this minstrel rooster. Yeah, well. And I was like. Okay, but he's like it's the narrator. He's that's that's what it's called. And, I know. And he's not. He wasn't like he didn't have a fucking cane or a hat on. And right. the actor I mean, is he was a rooster. It was more so like folksy. Folksy man. Because I immediately the first yes. thing I did when he said that was I went to Wikipedia to see what the guy was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like some old Conway Twitty looking sure, white sure, dude. Sure. I'm like, okay, we're good. But but I mean in that. But I got worried too. I wrote, ouch, in my yeah. notes. When did this? When was this movie? Seventy three. Seventy three. So I mean, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. You know. Sure. Fifty years. Fifty yeah. years ago. Uh, almost forty eight years ago. Yeah. But as soon as, like, so I, I was worried that about that. in two years, Augie will be 40. <laughs> I was very, I was very worried about that. Now I know the fucker that. listens to this show. I'm going to shit all over him. Especially this one, because, like, he loves us. I know. I love uh, you, Augie. I'm just kidding. We, like, I was worried about it. I was like, oh, no, I don't remember any of this. Right, you know? I don't remember this. And then, like, like, even if it had, like, skewed that way, as soon as, you know, <laughs> starts... Uh, and like the humming starts, I'm like, okay, never mind. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, right, right. I'm happy. I'm brought back to sitting in front of my heater watching this. You know, like it immediately gets you when that humming and that singing mm-hmm. starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> my first note was, man, I want this rooster to be my dad. <laughs> like, it's just so like, like warm and yeah, welcoming. That, it it just feels. Voice. It just, you're comforted mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. and like remembering where you were the first time you felt and saw this. Um, and then it just goes right into, you know, like these characters that if you've been alive at any point in the past 150 years, you know the story of Robin Hood. But it's just done, each one is done in such a different and unique way here where you have Prince John, just the slimy, baby of all babies you have robin hood just being like the coolest guy in the room you have prince john or you have a uh, little john being the like the friend of all friend like jovial like comedian like it's all just the fucking best it's so good um i don't really have that many nitpicks for it uh, do you have anything you necessarily don't like about the movie? Um, no, not that I don't think we haven't already touched on. I mean, you know, yes, the music's great. Some of it's not as, I guess, showstopper. No, but it was a different time. I, right. I, I attribute that to the time. It wasn't really meant to be that way. Yeah. But, no, I mean, it's a feel-good movie. It's a feel-good family movie. You know, you're not going to be upset after watching this right like this is one of those yeah. 
movies you just put on, it makes you feel happy because it's got that, you know, hero triumphing over over evil and all that stuff. It's got great villains. Um, yeah, I always... Pa think... and... and um, Prince Hiss, no, you're Hiss. thinking of Jungle Book. Hiss and Prince Sir Hiss. John. Sir Hiss and Prince and the, I always forget about the Sheriff of Nottingham. I forget about fucking Pat Buttram crushing Pat it as Butcher. always. Uh, like he's worse than Prince John. Like yeah, going and stealing from the from the from the boot of the of the the injured guy dog, and the blind yeah. man and the children. Mm-hmm, like they do a mm-hmm. great job of flushing out these villains, and I think yeah. I I like that. So over, I mean, no, I do I think some things are necessary. No, but it tells a full story. I mean, it's just like any Robin Hood movie, you have to show how bad these guys are to mm-hmm. justify Robin justify, doing what he's doing. Yeah, stealing so, from the rich so, to give to the poor. You know. I think it's it's fine. You know, like, there's nothing wrong with it, but it, it is not one of my favorite Disney movies. But that's just from a different sure. time, a different perspective for me, there's personally, but it's so still many, a great I'm, movie. I'm looking at my notes, and like, so many of my notes are just, the scene's the best, this scene is great. Like, the the fortune teller in person. Oh I don't my know. god, that's I my favorite scene. I don't know what it movie. is about the Robin Hood and, and Little John in this where they just, like, love dressing up. <laughs> Like, it's just so funny to me. They were ahead of their time. But, like, the, the robbery fortune teller scene is fantastic. That's my favorite scene in the movie. Uh, the, I think it's so well done. Uh, yeah, it's mine as well. The birthday party uh, scene with, like, Robin Hood coming in is blind and making, like, it's so nice. Like, that's yeah, the thing. Like, it's so, it, it feels so genuine as an yeah, animated movie. It does. It feels really genuine. I love, like, when Marion's dancing with the animals. Yeah, I so the one you little stretch right? I talked about earlier, yeah, like the, like the quote unquote wedding and like their like love scene. Yeah, but um, I would have been preferred if you just see the two of them fucking. That would have been great. Uh, but again, that that's not me. But that's not to say like in other movies, like I like. Can you feel the love tonight in Lion King? I like a whole new world. I like only when Augie sings it. <laughs> well, he does both parts. Like those things, for whatever reason, right. translate better. I think also because. They're more pointed, and they're also tighter. Like, this is an 83, 85-minute anime movie. I felt like that stretch went on for a long time. And it curtailed some of the momentum. Aren't they long? Not really. Most, most, like, Disney animated movies up until recently were always in, like, that 75 to, like, 90, 95-minute mark. Yeah, they just pack a lot in there. Yeah. Um, The... The archery scene is also fantastic. Oh, yes. Uh, everybody is just so... All the characters are just so great, from all the main ones we talked about, to even, like, Clucky, to Friar Tuck. Even, like, the kids. Like, even the kids, like, like have their little... Like the bunny. You know, the, and... Like, the little girl that has the doll talking weird, and the scared turtle, and Skippy... Despite the fact those kids are nosy as fuck. Nosy as fuck. Just bombarding Maid Marion with fucking like questions of like, are you gonna get married? Do you yeah, love yeah, yeah. him? Is he okay. your favorite? Okay. Is he gonna do you at the cool. butt? Like cool, cool, cool. That's how old are they in there? Oh, I have no idea. Four or less. Because that's what Jillian does. Think about it. Not to that extent. Well, okay, yes, yeah, she does. Hey Daddy's gonna ask you something. Yeah, but she's What not- is that? Just, yeah, but curious. what is it called? Sure. Yeah, they're just curious too. No, but they, they very much have a they have a greater con up. they have a, a greater concept of what's happening than than that. You know, they they go from one question to the other to the other. It escalates. 
Whereas an, a, a, a four-year-old's going to be like, what's that? Why? Like, that's it. You know, it doesn't get anything more severe than that. Um, okay. You know, like, the taxes getting worse and, like, how bad things get in Nottingham. And then, like, Friar Tuck. Like, as a kid, when, like, that collar goes on Friar Tuck's neck, I was like, oh, my oh. God. Like, that feels, like, so severe and so, like, lethal. Uh, and it's still, like hit me in my heart as I was watching it. Yeah. It, it's it's crazy. It's um, really sad. And then, you know, the, the Robin Hood death fake out and kind of like the jailbreak part of it. And then everything wraps up in a nice bow. It's just so intriguing to watch. Something else I really, really like about the movie is it also gives basically everybody but Prince John a crack at cracking on Prince John, which just sets him up to me on just such a pedestal as a Disney villain of like even Hiss and the Sheriff of Nottingham are like singing the negative song right, right, and like, like right, talking right. behind his back. They still like, don't like him. Like they do such an amazing job at making him stand out. So for me, Peter Yusinov is the MVP of the movie as He's Prince Fantastic. John. Like you're taking, you know, a, I, I believe multi-time, at least one time Academy Award winning actor in thrusting him into this, you know, voice work. You didn't really get that back then. Like, you might get uh, a Bob Newhart. Not that that early. You might get, like, a Bob Newhart or, like, a Zsa Zsa Gabor and the Rescuers. I'm trying to think of uh, even earlier examples, but I can't think of any where you have, like... Not that weren't... That were really well-known outside of animation. Like, Pat Buttram was a star. Um, Right, but... uh, The guy that does... uh, I should know his name, but the guy that does uh, Lil Jon, that's Baloo. That's, uh, you know, he was one of the greatest voice actors of all time. Um, But having such a, a brilliant actor in such a, for lack of a better term dickhead villain role is genius and him sucking on his thumb and moaning and groaning but then giggling and being so evil i fucking love him uh so he's my vote i mean you could bend my arm to uh to support most people of course I mean, roger millen is roger miller is alan adale like we talked about one of great. the best voices mm-hmm. ever. I mean, even Brian Bedford did a great job of, of you know... He's very good. I, I have a problem with just sometimes how simplistic his voice is, if that makes sense. Like, it, it feels too easy, his okay. voice is Robin Hood at, at points. Um, Phil Harris would probably be, actually be my second, who does Little John. Of course, he did O'Malley, Baloo... Uh, he's also in Rockadoodle. Like this guy, his voice. I mean, this is great. Is a legend. Um, I just have to confirm. Peter Usinoff, uh did win two Academy Awards for Best Supporting Actor. Um, yeah, so multi-time Academy Award winning actor. Uh, where where are you feeling? Or where are you leaning towards on this one? Mm, I mean, I think that that. I don't think you can go wrong with any of those choices. If you really are, are on it for Peter Ustinov, then go for that. That's good. Yeah, that that's who my vote my vote is. I mean, he does a great job. Like you immediately dislike. Oh yeah. Minute he comes on, starts talking, you immediately know you dislike yeah. immediately. So that's 100%. that's hard to do. Um. He also voices King Richard as well, which I find 
fascinating. That's really interesting. I mean, he only has like, maybe like two or three lines, but you hear it. But again, like that's so valuable. I love when they do that in movies. I think it's a horrible analogy, but I think uh, the first thing I think of when I hear that is uh, Ben Stiller at Heavyweights. <laughs> ben Stiller is Tony Perkis, but he's also like uh, Tony Perkis's dad when he comes in and like takes Tony away. I like when they do that. Like the 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 actor plays the good and the bad on both sides. Um, I don't really have a lot for LVP. I know. I like really. I'm like looking through the list now, and I'm like, I mean, maybe one of the vultures, but that's kind no. Of... We can't. Uh, what's the Nazi line? And Nazi and trigger. And, uh, trigger. One o'clock and all's well. Like that's great. Like you can't give that. I mean, but uh, who I'm not. Else, then? I'm not thrilled with Maid Marian, but she didn't do anything egregious. Right. I originally had Friar Tuck just because. That's the only thing I was thinking, but his character, and also I have a personal reason. Uh, not like that. <laughs> what Friar Tuck do to you, man? Oh, I'll tell you what Friar Tuck did to me in just a minute. Oh God. Um. He is really good, but... Oh, and he plays a sympathetic character. He plays a very sympathetic character, but he makes really odd choices. Like, he he laughs in really weird spots, and his voice peaks in odd moments. So that's why I kind of had him earmarked as my choice. Uh, Lady Cluck is great. Pat Buttram is great. Uh, I don't really have anybody else you know um i i think maid marion might actually be an all right choice just because she is very there does that make sense like she's not impressive at all right like like right and when you're like the lead female even if you're the secondary character kind of have to have that powerhouse kind of either singing voice or presence. Not even powerhouse, just... Well, you have to... Yeah. Something that I remember. Right. Like, anybody could have been that voice. I've been like, oh, yeah, you can say any name right now. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that was it. Fran Drescher. Yeah. Oh, God. I almost tried to do a Fran Drescher impression, and my vocal cords were like, don't you dare. Especially after uh, what I did to them last night doing Stu Hart for about an hour. Uh, which I won't do right now because that means nothing to nobody. Uh, so we're gonna go. Are we gonna go with Maid Marian? I guess then. Sure. All right. Monica Evans is the LVP of Disney's Robin Hood. Again, that might feel like blasphemy, but I honestly don't have anybody else here to to give it to. Uh, Friar Tuck is a son of a bitch, and here's why. <laughs> As a child, after my great grandmother passed away, uh, myself and my mother and my grandmother went. Uh, to Florida for two or three weeks to take a big Disney trip. I was six years old. You know, they'd inherited a good amount of money to go on a vacation from my great-grandmother. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went and visited my Aunt Marilyn and her family in Tallahassee for a while, and then we everybody came to Disney. And it is, to this day, one of the most memorable trips of my life. Uh, I can remember so many things clear as day, being terrified on Maelstrom of the Trolls, Waking up super early to go to, like, the Toon part, like, Mickey's Toontown. It's like the Disney afternoon show and, like, go to Mickey's house. Uh, being terrified on the great movie ride from the Aliens part, which <laughs> I insist they changed and apparently they never did. Nope. Uh, 
watching my aunt and my grandmother uh, just sit in like the most expensive ponchos ever made and just chain smoke cigarettes outside of Muppet 3D. Mm -hmm. uh, Mickey Waffles and like all of it, right? This was at a very important time in Disney as well where like there was a lot of characters in the park. Mm -hmm. But like we could never catch them at the right time, I felt like. Like the ones I wanted to see. Like, that's when the Ninja Trolls were in the park, right? That was when, I don't think Power Rangers were there yet, but like they had like full-blown Muppet characters as well. Um, but, like, you could never really catch them like you could get goofy and pluto and mickey and stuff but they also still had like the fringe characters that just would roam the parks and you could walk up to them with your autograph book and get an autograph from sure, sure whoever i know that autograph book is in the garage and i wish it was easily accessible because i would get it out right now um but for whatever reason the character that we would see the most was friar tuck and it was like a full-blown Friar Tuck mascot outfit. Uh-oh. And this motherfucker just wouldn't give a goddamn autograph. Like, you would always catch him when he was, you know, getting ready to leave. And I don't think they had people with them. Like, nowadays, a mascot always has, like, a handler or a representative, like, helping them because peripheral vision is fucked up or they're worried about, you know, attacks or whatever it may be. The world sucks. So, like, you come up to him and, like, he either give you the cold shoulder or, like, he, like next time or fan you off or something. This literally happened three or four times. And I remember the last time we were either, like, just getting ready to get on or just coming off a, a tram to go back to our, back to the Disney Inn where we were staying. And... Seeing Friar Tuck and, like, me pointing it out. Mom's like, oh, finally. And, like, us calling out to him. And this motherfucker ran <laughs> away from us. Like, like, like hauled they off. knew. Like, this guy it was the same person under this hood. And they were openly ribbing us to not get a fucking autograph. So my mother, being the wonderful soul that she is, uh, at the end of our trip, went through the autograph book and, like, faked autographed every character that I missed with, like... Because, you know, like, Goofy would sign it upside down and, like, yeah. Pluto would draw a paw print or whatever. So my mom, who was not artistic at all, would try what? her best to do whatever. I think for Friar Tuck, she just wrote it all in capital letters and, like, her shitty cursive writing. But uh, to this day, I think that's why I was like, well, Friar Tuck's the LVP, because this son of a bitch tried to ruin my childhood. Well, it was that particular person in the costume not over the, there's no way that one person was drawing the friar tuck shift you know who you know who i blame who i blame the documentation and costuming department <laughs> right probably who writes it they probably wrote it like that ask ask lolly if they write it if that's in the character thing ask her if she knows i wonder that's it, probably like a character trait i wonder how much they still keep if I could get my hands on a Friar Tuck head or costume, that would be the biggest win of my entire life. More so than me... That would be the biggest win of your life. One of the biggest wins of my life. Like, moral victories. Uh, because I failed at getting a Jeffrey the Giraffe costume on all the Toys R Us clothes. Every, we went to every Toys R Us, I filled it out, and every time they were just like, no, it's a corporate thing. I'm like, there's no corporate anymore. You guys went out of business. Not remembering Canada was still a thing. Uh, 
Canada Toys R Us. Of course, Canada's still a thing. It's still a country. Uh, but that'd be great if I could just what ask her. What the fuck is wrong with you? This is what Friar Tuck does to me, man. It pisses me off. Do you have any stories like that? Do you remember? Do you remember any character from your childhood being like a thorn in your side, or like just anything like that? I was always typecast as a dopey. Typecasted? Yeah. Why was that? Because I wonder. I don't know. Everything. Every the years. Like, huh? No. Because I'm a fucking moron. Like, probably because of the ears. Also, just a way, just know. a way to convince you not to talk. That's all yeah, I think that's what it is. God, she'll shut up I if she's dopey. She'll get into character. I think that's probably what it was. But I remember distinctly being dopey in some kind of play. Um, but no, I mean, everyone who I wanted to sign my autograph books did it. I, of course. You know. I was a cute kid too. I don't know what happened. I was way cuter. Yeah, you very much were. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, but I wasn't trying to get Friar Chuck's autograph, right? I was trying to get all the princesses, Mickey, sure. Minnie, Chip, and Dale. Yeah, so I don't remember meeting, like, you know? a single princess. Like, everything I met was, like, in yeah. costume, which is why, like, I think I was bothered so much by, like, when Jillian was younger, like, two or three, and, like, she was scared of them. Like, I never had that. When you I... were so mean to her about it. Well, because, like, I think I was basing off of, like, Again, I was like, you gotta get these autographs because these people were being nice, not Friar Tuck's ass. But also, like, I didn't experience that until I was six years old, right? Like, I like in Ohio, we didn't have fucking characters anywhere. Well, the you char- did. Yeah, but... it was the guy that pumped our gas. <laughs> what a character he was. <laughs> but, like, I, I got it. I was old enough to get it, you know? And I think that's why I was I was like that. But for her, it's, you know, it's, it's totally different. But for me also, like, I wasn't going to see the human beings that were just in dresses. I was seeing... <clears throat> Excuse me, these characters. So I think that that's what the difference was. Um, the last thing I have to point out is this is a classic Disney movie. So, of course, in April 2020, it was reported they are making a live-action CG hybrid remake of this. Of course. Uh, that I, I don't know who Kari Granlund is uh, writing it, and Carlos Lopez Estrada is directing it. It's going to be released exclusively on Disney+. Plus. Um, oh, the guy, this is the guy that did Blind Spotting. Okay, I'm actually very interested in this. I've wanted to watch Blind Spotting and rent it. Uh, Blind Spotting is the movie that uh, David Diggs produced and wrote a few years ago that got like really, really good reviews. Um, so I'm actually a little bit more okay with that, but yet again, John Favreau did fucking Lion King. So I don't yeah. know. Uh, that's gonna be very weird to watch. Like, very, very weird to watch because. I don't know how you replicate, like, early 70s innocence and charm with, like, weird CG hybrid and, and how these characters are going to have to be. I, I don't know. I think that they should just maybe just make original stuff instead of remaking right. everything. The problem is they never made original stuff. This isn't an original story. This is... I'm aware. I'm aware. That all of their stuff is based off of fairy tales yeah. or fables and th- things. I know. I get it and I understand that. But don't remake a movie that's already been made. Like, they already made a Robin Hood movie. Like, why do you need to make another Robin Hood movie? Sure. It's not like it's a different take on it or a different studio doing it. It's like they're just updating it. And I don't know if that's necessary. Oh, definitely. definitely was not necessary for Beauty and the Beast. 
Anything. And shut the fuck up. The tale of the wolf's time. Anything else on Robin Hood? No. Uh, I'm just excited to do all this song research. It's going to be a lot of fun for the songs, the beginning and end of the podcast. Yeah. Score time? What are you giving it? I mean, look, it's a classic. Great movie. But like I said, it's not one of my favorites. You know, I, it isn't. So mm-hmm. I can't give it a 10. Mm-hmm. But I, I still think it's it's absolutely great. But, you know, we, we had some... Like you said, the love story. It drags a little bit. could have been a little bit tighter. So I'm going to give it a... a I'm in between two numbers. I'm gonna go with a with a nine. Nine. I've thought about this for a while, and I I do agree that that little chunk hurts it. But I'm gonna give it the bump back for the experience of watching with Jillian, her loving it. And, like, me, like, confirming my feelings about it, I'm going to give it a 10. Yeah. Just for me. So, a 9.5 for Robin Hood, which I think is Great fair. Great showing. You know, I think that's very, very fair for this movie. It, it's not a perfect 10, so I'm glad you didn't give it, because I feel like it would have been out of place next to, you know, up in the Toy Stories. Like and it's, the Little it's, Mermaid. It's, well, Little Mermaid's not there. Yes, I know there. it's not. This movie's better than The Little Mermaid, 100%. Because, no, it's not. Yeah, you know, it absolutely is. No, it's not. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's not absolutely about a human being changing everything that they are for. Oh, I'm well, sorry. She, well, she's not a human being, so you're change, an idiot. Change, uh, being a human being is better than who you are. That's the message of this movie. Ow! Jeez, I thought you threw a napkin at me. You threw this hard little mermaid toy at me. No, you're not getting this fucking back. It's Jillian. Yeah, I'll put it back when you fucking pass out. How dare you! Throw it back. Next week is hereditary. I wish I should make you stay up and watch it right now. Yeah, I'd fall asleep. Fucking nightmares. Uh, Oh god damn it! There's like glitter on this. Fuck! It's gonna be over my fucking hands. Uh, next week hereditary. The week after that, X Men: Dark Phoenix. The week after that, Miracle. Uh, And then yeah, then our rotation starts. All over again. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Married with Movies. We encourage you, as always, to go to arcadeaudio.net for this podcast and the others on our network of shows. Rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Patreon.com slash arcadeaudio for bonus content. Uh, our game series will be probably kicking off here as the summer approaches. Facebook.com slash Married with Movies at Mary W. Movies on Twitter. Movies at gmail.com. Let's know what you think of the show. For me personally. At Jam with your Sam on Instagram. That's for Sam personally. For me personally, at Eurosmall38 on Instagram. For my weekly show, Box and Friends, where I recap the uh, the things I purchased in the mini collections that I have. Probably not going to be on Thursday this week because I'll be uh, doing uh, something else at the moment. And also, I don't have that much to show off. I'll wait until after Rich is here. Uh, because I'm sure I'll have things to show off once he's here. Great! Going to a bunch of different stores, including a storage unit that I may not uh, live from. This might be the last episode you ever you ever hear. My retro wrestling diary, arcadeaudio.net slash podbloggle, is up every single Friday. Where I'm going back through uh, currently the year 1993 in professional wrestling. And speaking of professional wrestling, it is WrestleMania weekend, which means Podswoggle is back for at least one, maybe two episodes Going over 
our picks for the two nights of WrestleMania 37 this Saturday and Sunday. And it's our 11th anniversary episode, so make sure to listen to that if it's your sort of, th- sort of thing. I'm trying to make sure it's not as long as the Snyder Cut. I'm currently at about three hours, so uh, I can't fucking throw rocks at a glass house, I guess. <laughs> no, you cannot, sir. Anything else, Samantha? No. No, I don't think so. You're the one that ends. Oh, for Mullet. This is Mullet. Signing out for this week's episode of Married with Movies. We'll catch you next time on our couch. Slash the movies. Samantha Mullet, Chris Mullet, sitting on a couch, looking on the phones, golly, what a night. Did you think of that the entire time? No, just right now. No. You're a fantastic improviser. Our daughter has already surpassed us in improvising music. By singing a song that it was just like, I have hands, I have hands. This is my hand, well, and here's my other hand. Quick story. We always do, um, we like to watch SNL. Jillian likes to watch SNL with us. And she loves Kenan Thompson. She loves Kenan Thompson's impression of David Ortiz. Because we do. Because we do. Because we do the big poppy. And Jillian, tonight at the table, I said something. And she went, with big mommy. And she did it. But I thought for four years old, for her to be able to kind of just take that and add something to it, I don't know. I just thought that was really, really cool. Because I'm not that good. Oh, yeah. I'm just counting down to when I can replace you on this show with her. <laughs> You'd have to call it something else. Don't put her on Married with Movies with you. Movies with my kid. Sounds like a Damon Wayans ABC sitcom. <laughs> Thank you for playing Arcade Audio. Play more at arcadeaudio.net.